0: Stem Cells at Lunch Digested is brought to you by the Centre for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College London. Good morning. Thanks for agreeing to be interviewed for Stem Cells at Lunch Digested. Uh, today with me I have Ale Press and Oliver Kamina. And uh, I, w- I would like to ask you some questions about working at Front um, First could you briefly tell us what the Fraunhofer IME Screening Port is?
1: Yeah, so um, thank you and for the invitation. So Fraunhofer um, IME Screening Port is, um, Fraunhofer is the, the largest applied research organization in Europe um, with approximately 25,000 employees. And its main focus is around um, engineering uh, and applied sciences. But there's a, a tiny section, about a sixth of the um, um, yeah, of the of the budget and also of the employees are, are, are working in, in, the, in the life sciences and um, uh, Fraunhofer IME screening port is based in Hamburg, Germany but it's just one department basically of the IME which is um, uh, with the main site being in Aachen in Germany and we have uh, five national sites and two sites uh, abroad one being in New Jersey and one being in Chile and we're trying to cover basically the entire value chain from an academic idea to a, to a product in the best case that is brought to the market, which is somehow associated with life science.
2: Yeah, and IME is Institute for Molecular Biology and Applied Ecology. So, two big branches. So, they do applied o- ecology, but also molecular biology, for instance, in plants, so to express p- proteins in plants, in to- tobacco.
0: That's very interesting. So, how do you? find a uh, different research in industry versus what you have in in academia, and uh, what do you think that more innovation is actually happening
1: so we see us actually as as a as a bridging entity between academia and industry, so I think we we quite nicely understand both worlds and the requirements of both worlds so for example, Oliver and myself, we come from an academia background, but we also have um, Ex pharma employees working with us, people from Pfizer, from um, from GSK, for example, and and it's really about um, translating ideas from academia into some kind of early stage product or, an, or a path towards a product. This is this is what we're engaged in, and um, so I think the innovation is still happening in academia, but it needs some kind of you know transition into into some kind of product stage where it becomes then interesting to um to biotech or to, to pharma to pick it up and I think that this transition is oftentimes not um not not implemented and we are we are lacking the tools to implement this this transition much more inf- efficiently uh, efficiently
2: yes. and our site is offering screening service which is not uh, typical uh, implemented in, in academia but this is more or less uh, standard in pharma so we we are bridging basic research to pharma research, pre- preclinical pharma research.
0: So you mentioned that both of you have an ac- academic background. Can you give me a bit more of detail of your on your career path? Mm-hmm.
1: So if I start off, I was, um, uh, I was doing my, my master thesis at the German Cancer Research Institute in Heidelberg, working on, um, on tumor viruses, basically. Um, and then I moved to, to Berlin, to the Max Delbruck Center and I worked on, um, on uh, lymphoma, leukemia, and transcription factors uh, and epi- epigenetic signatures basically causing uh, tumor growth or tumor formation. That's my background. So the, it's, it's in a way um, a bit, not so much related to the work that I was doing now, but um, I had a paper you know, in 2011 saying Screening and it was a good paper, so I guess that's that's why they took me on board. Um, so it was not related really, really to the um, to the everyday work that I'm doing now. Um, my focus is much much broader nowadays, um, as opposed to my my postdoc times in Berlin. Yeah, and I got a limited uh, background from
2: academia. I did my diploma in microbiology, worked with human pathogenic viruses. And then I went to the University of uh, from University in Bochum, and then I went to Münster and worked in the field of biophysics. But I left the university and joined Eli Lilly, and I worked for eight years in Hamburg and Eli Lilly on metabolic disease, uh, cell-based assays mainly. And then I uh, joined EvoTech, where I focused on high-content screening, and there I worked in the area of neurodegeneration, focusing on Huntington disease. So in principle, I'm. I'm more a farmer, it's biotech uh, guy.
0: So that's that's ex- extremely interesting. What what do we envisage as the next step for induced pluripotent stem cell research?
1: No. So I think that um, <clears throat> so the biggest hurdle that we're facing in IPS research nowadays is um, is is eventually quality control because we have. Um, so many IPS lines are being generated these days by automatic, uh, automated means by you know large patient cohorts and, and large uh, healthy control cohorts, and we need to find ways to, um, to thoroughly quali- quality control those lines um, with regard to their pluripotency um, features, but also to the, towards their genomic stability and their transcriptional signatures. Um, and and along those lines, we are involved in a program which is funded by the CERM, by the California Institute of Regenerative Medicine, jointly with the with it, um BMBF, so the German Research Council, basically funding this initiative um, bilaterally. Um, which which is facing at the um, <clears throat> or which is which which goal uh, or in this in this consortium, the goal is to develop um, the, the so-called pluritest algorithm, which is a bioinformatic tool to assess pluripotency based on. Um, gene expression signatures from microarrays, and we are now transferring these um, these towards an RNA-seq-based platform so that basically a researcher can extract the RNA of his his or her cell line of interest, generate the RNA, run RNA-seq, and a, and a prediction tool would compare this RNA-seq pattern to, um, to a true pluripotent cell and would then indicate whether the cell is, is really pluripotent or whether there are certain genetic deficits in that line and we have funded for that for 3 years um, with a total volume of uh, 3 million euros
0: um so y- you are aware of initiatives that we have here at the center like ipsi mm-hmm. um and do you see a strong potential there for collaboration between the more industri- industry based research you're doing with a project of this scale
1: so actually we are already collaborating with, with Hipsky on a, on a certain level in that we are using the RNA-seq profiles that have been generated in Hipsky for this really quality, yeah, state-of-the-art, uh, uh, quality-controlled lines, basically. And, and it's a great resource for, for Europe. And we are using these RNA-seq profiles to actually develop the algorithms behind Pluritest 2, so the new new generation of the Pluritest algorithm, which has been invented initially by Um, Franz Josef Müller in in Jean Loring's lab at Scripps. Um, So we are currently already using the resource from Hipsky. But apart from that, I think the vision is that the Hipsky lines, because they are of such a high quality, they will be um, banked and also distributed by a consortium which is called EBISC, the European Bank for uh, induced pluripotent stem cells, which is uh, coordinated by Pfizer and Babraham, uh, or by New Centers and Babraham. Um, and we are partner of that IMI consortium which is um, innovative medicines initiative consortium and the idea is that most of the Hipsky lines are actually feeding into this bank and into this distribution system that will be set up by, by eBISC.
0: So you are in a continuous feedback between academia and industry?
1: In that respect yes because we are we are heavily relying on the, you know, on the, on the generation of the lines by academic labs but of course, they are quality controlled and, and banked. more towards an industrial type of standard so that also farmers able to use these lines and that the, these lines meet their quality criteria and because what farmers actually, you know, the, the prime obje- objective that farmer has also for pharmaceutical research is they want to have a one-stop shop and they just want to, you know, get the cells with a certain certificate and just use them for their assays to identify better compounds. To move them forward to preclinical and clinical development, because this is actually what they what they're not interested in. To generate the lines, to, to quality control the lines, they just want to have a, you know, red want to have them ready to go in the end, and uh, want to use them for their purpose. They're not so much interested in in the generation and and uh, you know the protocols around evolving the lines, but more towards the the product really that they can use them for their for their own interest.
0: So thinking about the work in your company, how much are you planning on commercializing out of this screen platform and also how much budget from Fraunhofer goes into research and development?
1: So, um, so Fraunhofer is not a company, Fraunhofer is a, is a non-for-profit organization which is, which is funded by, in, in the end, by the, by the lender, so the federal government of Germany in part, but we're also depending very much on third-party funding and also on industry funding, but it's more... Um, so, so that to answer your question, it's 100% R&D that we're doing, because it's, it's pure R&D, um, either from our own tra- interest, in a collaborative fashion, for example, in, in EU, Horizon twenty twenty programs or IMI programs, as stated, or direct R and D contracts with uh, with industry. So it's um, it's kind of a mixed situation where we where we engage with all these three three different uh, uh, partners, So on the Fraunhofer level, third party funding level, EU, and on uh, direct industry collaboration. So we're not we're not a, a profit organization, but we're really non for profit, and we, we we must not generate revenues. I so to say
0: that is fascinating. So. <laughs> What, just to finish up, what do you think is going to be the biggest uh, outcome of the IME screening, or what, what, what do you hope for?
1: So that the ultimate goal would be to um, uh, to uh, what we what we're constantly trying to achieve is on the one hand to. Um, to to find compounds and uh, validated hits that have passed not only the screening phase, but also a thorough validation phase in in secondary assay or in in orthogonal assays, hopefully also in vivo proof of concept in a a disease model, uh, either of murine origin or in a human disease model, and and then we would like to partner these compounds or the assays that we have developed in in this context we would like to partner that directly with um, with third parties that then pay for this for this uh, um, intellectual property that we have that we have invented together with our academic partners. So that that's that's what we are uh, thriving for all day. Basically, this is this is our main goal.
0: Thank you very much.